and I just want to tell them how incredibly impressed I am and how their approach to their own personal difficult life situation has inspired me to think even even better about our ummah, about our current state of our of our people and that there is hope out there and there are people who are genuinely still striving for the greater good and you know what this message is not just for people who are who are looking for love this is for anyone who is looking for a way to better their life to get unstuck and to find a way um, to reach a better level of themselves <laughs> Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are currently empowering the Muslim community on love and relationships and getting to a better place within ourselves. Welcome, welcome guys to our podcast. And you know what? We are winding down in our love series. And I know for some of you that is tough because you have really been just messaging me and calling me that you have been enjoying and appreciating the support. And I really have been appreciating and enjoying our conversations around this topic because I am extremely passionate. But the other thing is some of you who are uh, maybe not looking for a spouse are also looking forward to some of the other additional content I tend to bring. Now today is kind of a culmination or combination of the two. And it is is also me sharing with you my personal thoughts, my personal um, deductions of basically what I believe are some of the biggest success factors for the Muslims who are seeking love and marriage. And the reason that's important for everyone is because in some part of our life, we're going to have to deal with someone who needs guidance in that area. And I think it's really important for us to share that information with one another. So for example, if you are a um, another person who's looking for a spouse yourself, and then you've gone through this journey with me, it's really important to tell other people what have been successful ways to approach the situation. And the other thing is if you're a parent and you have children, we are accountable to them to be able to guide them in these um, times of their lives. Or maybe you're just a person who is a really just a huge advocate for the community. Maybe this is something that you know is a hot topic in your community. There's not a lot of support for the youth around there, and you want to be the person to shed some light on some positive ways to approach things. So um, what I thought I would do is I would just go through like kind of like my top five things that after I've been speaking to Muslim community, like I said, for about 20 years, and then even more specifically in this past month and a half with you, my entire audience, I wanted to share the things that the most, like kind of like those factors or qualities that the most successful people had so that you yourself can, can, you know, just grasp like the, the complete importance of not neglecting these areas. And I thought that'd be super fun to share with you because I'm like, you know, we're going this journey, but where is it taking us and where has it taken us? So I wanted to share that with you. Um, before we do, I just want to say, instead of doing a shout out, I just want to kind of just acknowledging, acknowledge, like there are some amazing Muslims out there. Really, sometimes we're tough on our ummah, but I do have to say I have met some of the best and most beautiful people, and I've spoken to a lot of them via Skype recently. You know who you are, and especially in my um, my limited Facebook group, just amazing men and women who just have been showing just such strength 
in, in really just trying to put their lives back together. And you have to understand there's all types of people in this category that I'm speaking about. We have people who are just, you know, teenagers trying to figure things out. We have people who are in their 20s, people are in their 30s, people who are divorced um, and looking for, for a better marriage this time around. You know, we have also, we have parents who are just trying to educate themselves on this material so that when it's time to um, marry their children off, that they're able to, you know, kind of support them in the proper way. And, I, and I'm going to say something a bit more about that in, in terms of parenting, because that is super key. So if you're a parent, stay tuned for um, my, my kind of success tip number two, I'm going to go a little bit deeper on, on parenting and how we can help our children in the future, even if they're small, even if they're just toddlers, how to have really great success and how that begins with the work that we do now. Okay. But I did want to also say that, um, for the people who are in my Facebook um, group right now, they know that my group is closing, but you know, sometimes as one great thing comes to an end, another Thing is blossoming and blooming because so many people from that group and outside of that group have joined our course. And I'm really excited to get like into that work and support all of them now. I really enjoyed supporting that group, um, you know, in, in the limited challenge that we had. We had a lot of fun. I'm about to announce the winner, but that group will definitely be closing and I'm no longer able to support them because I do have to put my full energy to the people who are taking the course. And they are some amazing people and they've just been working so hard even in the pre-steps of the course so I'm so excited to actually like feel like we're making progress in our Muslim community for once and I'm really excited about that work and you know by the way I did want to tell you one thing that actually one student uh, told me to announce and I'm actually really excited about this because you know what Sometimes your students teach you things uh, via international payments that I did not know. Um, they mentioned to me that PayPal, I guess, and you guys can know this better than me, there's some type of a gateway monthly payment feature. So I thought the people who bought my course had to just pay in full, but apparently there's like some payment plan thing with that. So you could actually pay in installments. I didn't have that ability because I didn't have the team to deal with all that and the customer service, to be honest. But that is really great. And I just want to say thank you to that person for sharing. And if that was something that you were wondering and considering, because I know like many of you asked me about that um, here and there. Yeah, for sure. Apparently there is a way either speak to PayPal or speak to Teachable, uh, the platform where the course is. And apparently there is a way to do it because several people have done the monthly payments and have gotten my program. And that's really, really great. Um, okay. So let's get right into um, the five things that I'm talking about today. All right. So the first kind of factor of success or big success factor for the Muslims that are doing really well in the area of relationships, um, especially looking for love, but just relationships in general, um, are they that some of the most successful families that I have worked with were the ones where the parents educated themselves and their children way before it was time. So I want to say that for, um, so I'm actually, I'm going to say it to, um, I thought it was number two. I guess it's number one guys. Sorry, parents. I got you first. Um, you see, unfortunately, I'm going to be totally honest. And this kind of breaks my heart. There's so many women contacting me that are doing this alone. Um, they talk to their parents and their parents kind of tell them, Hey, you know, that's your thing to deal with. You need to go find your own spouse um, get back to me. Let me know how that happens when you found someone, um, you know, then we'll talk about marriage. And that is, that is so un-Islamic guys. That's actually totally not okay. You don't want your, your daughter going out there, you know, like a sheep amongst the wolves trying to 
find your own spouse. And that's that's hard because if you raised your daughter right and you raised her to be a bit more shy around the opposite gender, it's going to be hard for them to interact. They're not going to know the questions to ask and all that stuff. And, and nor should they have to. That's why we have the concept of wallis, right? So I, I do want to say for the parents who have taken that job super seriously and made their children feel secure, I want to commend them. What amazing, what amazing chance you're giving your children to, to have success. And, and sometimes those parents themselves didn't have success, but they wanted success for their child. And so they took the initiative to learn. And that's another funny thing. I have parents on my course and they are not looking for a spouse, but they're looking for a spouse for their child. And then they were like, actually just trying to make sure that they were doing it by the Sunnah. And many of them found out they weren't, there was a lot of cultural stuff in there. And now they're just able to weed it out, make sure that they're kind of filtering all that out. But yeah. And the other thing I want to say to parents, and I'm going to tell you a little trick today, a little bonus tip or trick about life success and reaching goals um, is there's a, a concept that I use called backward design. So I was speaking to parents who have like kids who are very small right now, two years old, three years old. You're far from thinking about marriage for those kids. And I totally get it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be. Um, and let me explain to you what I mean. So one of the things that I have prided myself on, now this actually happens to be something, I think this is a concept that Stephen Covey talks about um, in the seven habits of successful people, backward design. But this also comes also from education. I think even before that, it was a concept by, oh, I can never remember Jay. And I don't know, they use it in the UK a lot and they use it in some, and now the US has adopted it more, but in education, which is having an end goal in mind and then working backwards from there. But you must have that end goal and it must be super clear and super detailed. So it's not something that we just like put in our head. It's actually something where there's a clear plan. And, you know, if you go back to my, it's kind of embarrassing, like my first group of podcasts, maybe the first one to four, and it was called like, get, get your mindset or something, get your head right or something like that. You know, don't laugh guys. Everybody has their humble beginnings. Um, I actually remember that this is one of the first things I talked about because I was so passionate. So let me give you an example of what that might look like, because I think it's really important if we can get an example that we can understand how we could implement that actually in any part of our life. And then I'll connect it to exactly how that could work with having uh, be a parent of even small children now and preparing them for marriage. Okay, so a perfect example of what I want to talk to you about with like in terms of where um, using backward design. So let me give you an example of Maritans. We're talking about that, but you could do this with any topic with a child. If you want to curb behavior, if you want to organize your house, if you're a career person and you're looking for career goals or college goals or money goals, you know, like whatever it is in your life. But for the sake of since it's the topic we're on and I want to keep it consistent, let's just look at it as I let's pretend I'm a parent and my child is just two years old right now. But I want to make sure that and it's a girl. I want to make sure that that my daughter ends up being an excellent wife, because, you know, if I have a son, I should want him to be an excellent husband when he grows up and an excellent wife. And, you know, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't happen by just, oh, making sure we pray in the house and, you know, we we show we do do things in Ramadan and we make sure we you know, it's not basic like that. It's so much more detailed, but it's not hard. You just have to have kind of this backward design plan to kind of make it more likely that you're going to be successful by being more consistent and having kind of like a clear direction to get that 
um, you know, achieved. So let me explain to you what I mean. So for example, if I have a daughter and I think that my daughter is somebody who um, I want her to be a really great wife, the first thing as a parent is I have to know what does that look like? What does that mean? What are the rights of a husband? Like, and what, what are things that he should have in a great wife? What are the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described? Same thing if it was a boy. Okay. What are, what are the qualities of a great husband? Because I need to make sure my son has those because I am going to be gifting him to some other woman inshallah ta'ala in the future. And I need to make sure that he has those characteristics. So the first thing is as a parent, I have to say, this is my end goal. I want to make sure that I raise a spouse that is a productive member of society, but is also an excellent husband or wife, right? In this case, let's say wife. Then if I don't know those things, then I have to go back a step and say, well, since I don't know those, I probably should educate myself on those things, right? Um, and then I should also educate my daughter on her rights that she should be expecting from her husband so that as she goes through through life, she understands what is valued, what is valued by our family, what is valued by our deen, our religion. And so then let's pretend um, I, I notice also that if my daughter is going to be an excellent wife, she probably has to have a great example in the house of what you know, a wife, how a wife interacts with her husband, how a wife interacts with her child. Now, usually most people unconsciously copy their parents. And so that means I, as a mother, currently now, even though I have a two-year-old, have to show my child how I interact with my husband because they are watching. They are taking notes from day one, guys. They are great at mimicking, copying, and picking up patterns that's what kids do. And so the way I talk to them is the way they're going to maybe going to talk to their own children. I have to curb my anger. I maybe have to curb my, my, my inability to be organized. Maybe I need to get my act together. So maybe it's, it's a matter of me going, Oh, you know what? I'm always angry. I probably need to calm down my anger. So taking a step back is maybe I need to invest myself in a course, or I need to spend time reading about that. And if I want to do that, then I probably have to take another step back. Backward design means going backwards, putting the goal and going backwards, as opposed to working towards the goal and going forward. It's very different, but it's much more effective. This is actually how you teach lessons too, for anyone who wants to know if you're doing it in university or just, um, you know, public school and things like that, or private school. So yeah, so then I'd say, okay, so if order for me to be had be less angry, I'm going to have to put in my schedule time for myself to actually learn so I can learn and make sure that I get rid of that issue. Or if I'm just totally unorganized, then I have to maybe have a schedule period, make sure I go buy myself a planner. By the way, FYI, I have a little um, uh, cheat, lead, cheat, cheat sheet download for that. I'll maybe put it in the show notes. And um, so, yeah, stuff like that. So I'm slowly backwards working to say, oh, I need that. Well, to have that, what do I need to have? Oh, to have that, what do I need to have? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I should have put things in place ahead of time. So the first thing is, you know, the number one thing that I've noticed is that when parents have put in the time, you can see the total difference in the entire family. So if you right now, by the way, are young and you don't have parents who are supporting you, I totally understand. And I am here to support you. And that's the thing that breaks my heart as I see many young girls who earnestly want to do the right thing, but their parents are encouraging them not to follow the Islamic way, or they're just not supporting them period. And that's actually not okay in Islam. And for whatever reason, that's become a cultural or particularly family approach, but it's it's not the way it's supposed to be. And so that's why I do feel the need to be a big sister here and say, I'm here for you. I hear you and I get it. And I will keep putting resources out in the best way possible. Okay. So the other thing is we all have to start to think about the fact that no surprise, okay? No surprise. The people who put in the work 
are the people who get the results. So I have a lot of people, like I said before, listen to my podcast. They're like, oh, I love it. It makes me feel so good. Your voice is so soothing. <laughs> like Whatever it is that they say to me, and I'm so flattered. But what is even more flattering to me, what I love even more is when people have results. And I want people to earnestly feel happier, feel more confident, feel a lot of things, but they can't unless they actually take the initiative to change their life. And in this particular topic, it means people need to educate themselves. So that's why when I, when I actually ended up creating this whole thing, I said, well, like, how do we do it? And then it was like, well, obviously people need to have the information and get educated on what the right way looks like. And so that's what I created. So yeah, in general, guys, if you want to have these feelings, if like the peace I feel, the peace so many of the, the women I've worked with and just the difference in their whole demeanor and their whole outlook and approach on life is so much more positive once they're super clear about what they need to do. And you could have that too. And I, I just want people to know that you do have to put in the work. So number two is the most successful people actually roll up their sleeves and they do it. They don't just think about it. They actually make a commitment and they do it. Number three is, um, you know, regardless of the amount of support they have, they made their own support. So for example, there are women I know that their families do not support them whatsoever, but they did not like cry about it. They didn't like get all like, oh, what do I do? They went and looked for their own answers. And I gave that message to some of the young people the other day that try your best to be very, very polite with your parents. But if they're not fulfilling your rights, like anyone else, guys, and I'm sorry, parents, I have to say this to everyone, you know, that you have to say to them, Hey, you know, I don't feel my rights are being, you know, uh, you know, held upheld. Can we talk about that and, and, and how I'm feeling about that? And parents should not be defensive. And it's hard. You know, what's really hard for parents is when like your kids tell you you suck at something. <laughs> like I've had that happen to me before. I'm not, you're not the, the only one who's experienced areas of your life where you could do a little better. And for me, it wasn't, it wasn't just that I, I, um, I, I could have been better, but I just decided not to be. It was either there was a time in my life where I just didn't have the tools or I was just overwhelmed with particular things happening in my life, you know, whatever it was. And it was taking me away and not making me be emotionally present or psychologically present. And if that's your case, I totally get it too. But we do have to make sure that regardless of how we feel when we wake up in the morning, regardless of what we're thinking about that is overwhelming us, we still give our children their rights because it's the first thing a less than that is going to ask us is about the rights of others, right? And so, and so we got to try our best. And obviously for the young people, you should be giving their, your parents utmost respect as well. And it's a two-way street, guys, right? So I'm going to get on to um, number four because I think it's really important if we can just understand that these are the successful traits of people who are actually finding success that we can kind of, you know, find that same success in our own life. So number four was, <coughs> forgive me guys, they didn't tell themselves, I don't have time. So number one of the biggest things I have from people is I don't have time. But you know what? A teacher taught me a long time ago. You not having time is you keeping yourself stuck in the same situation you are because the reason you don't have time is because you haven't made a better way for yourself. So at some point, in order to catapult yourself into change, you do have to make the time. Otherwise, expect to stay exactly where you are, exactly in the same horrible emotions and psychological state. We can no longer use the excuse that we do not have time because guess what? When you don't have time to invest in yourself, you feel horrible. When you don't have time to invest in your children and really take care of them properly, you feel guilt-ridden. 
And that makes you feel horrible. And it's just like a spiral effect. So at the end of the day, we have to find time. Oh, I have a job. Oh, I have exams. Oh, I have. Okay. I did too. I'm going to tell you my, my little, I'm a little crazy. Okay. Because I am so passionate about doing things. Like I, I, I have this like philosophy that many people have, which is go big or go home. Like if you're going to do it, do it. Like don't talk about it, do it. And because of that, that's why I have so much success. It's not, it's obviously from less pen with at first, but it's also because I don't sit around and think about things too long. I just go. And so let me give you an example. Um, I was taking 18 credits when I was in university and I was going for my master's and I had two children and I was working two and a half jobs. Yeah. And people are like, how did you do that? I do 15 credits and I can't even manage, or I do 18 and I can't even manage, let alone have two children, let alone you know, commute and have these jobs, you know? And there's one particular job where I would stand for 14 hours and, and be a waitress. You know, that was before, you know, I had my career and my degree when I was up and coming. And so these were things where we were going through tough times and I just decided that I wanted to just dive in and help. And alhamdulillah, I did because we got out of it because we kind of all pulled together temporarily and then, you know, we went about our way. But my point is, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have a lot to do. I have a lot to do now, but I mean, like, even when you're just trying to figure your life out, but because you haven't taken the time to figure your life out, that's why you can't figure your life out. Does that make sense? You know, you have to actually stop and say, what is the better way? Instead of groping around in the dark and just trying stuff and hope it kind of works out, you know? And and to the people that, you know, if they're thinking, wow, you know, well, I also don't have, you know, all this money to invest in myself. I do want to say in general, in life, right? If you want to get to the next level, you have to invest. You see people, they um, they get their degrees because they need to get to the next level of their life. If there's, if there's information that we don't have, sometimes it requires us to invest. I've invested in several programs. I've invested in several courses, my own self, because whatever it was that I needed to get to the next level, that's what I did. And you know, it's funny to me because the average person, like I think I had mentioned in my masterclass, spends 25,000 to 50,000 on a wedding. They spend 25,000 to 50,000 on a wedding and they don't even go through the proper process to make sure that they have picked the right person, that their personalities match. They just go, oh, he's religious, so I'm sure it'll work out. No, guys, personality, compatibility, the prophet, peace be upon him, he spoke about all these things, about attraction. There's so many other factors that if you don't have them in, in line, you're not going to be successful. So, you know, when I made my course price, the, 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 the price, after I cut all things down, I made it 50%, I put gifts in there and everything. It's like the price of like a pack of gum a day for a year. It's like peanuts next to doing the investment of that 25 and 50,000. So to me, it's like, it comes down to excuses and like time, money. To me, it's like, if you want something hard enough, you're going to figure out number one, what works for you, because it might be something else, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is in life, whether it's this college or that college, you have to figure out what it is you need. And you need to sometimes just throw away all excuses or you're not going to move from where you are. And that goes to um, the last one. The last point I kind of want to make and share with you guys today in terms of what I have learned are some of the best things. And this is your success. I'm speaking about all of you, all the incredible work that you have been doing. But if, as you can notice, a lot of these tips are not just for love or marriage. They actually fall into other areas of our life in terms of self development. And I just make that really clear. And that's why I thought this would be a really great um, topic to bring to many people, because these are kind of 
huge success factors just in general for making um, immense change in your life. And the fifth one is that the people who are most successful, um, they generally were not afraid to take risk. Right, to do things that were uncomfortable. So for example, in the beginning of my course, I had to do or in the in the, the Facebook group, I had to make people start to talk about their feelings. I was shocked how many people talked so well, so candidly about their emotions of their weaknesses. I actually had them talk about these things and their strength. But you know what? It was that's when I told you I was like raving about them a week or two ago, how beautiful they were and how there was not one negative comment because there are amazing people out there. And I want us to hear this, guys. Some women and men think there aren't people out there for them because there's no good Muslims left. That's not true. And there's like that's why I go through this whole approach. It's these limiting beliefs that are holding us back, these negative thoughts, these stories that we've told ourselves. I'm never going to be a good mother, um, you know, because my parents, I had this issue and there was abuse or something like that. Or I'm never going to be able to find a guy because I got married and now I'm divorced and, you know, I can't trust people. I'm never, I'm never, as long as we talk to ourselves that way, we are never. And that's the truth. So, Keep doing that and you will find the results that you're, you know, you'll reap the results of, of what you're sowing. So if you want change, we need to talk to ourselves differently. I can do this. I will do this. You know, I will make the change. I will wake up tomorrow and say, yes, I'm going to commit to doing X, Y, Z differently. I'm going to stop talking myself down and out of it because that is not going to serve me well. So um, the bonus tip I want to give you that is obviously in the equation of all of these women and men as well is they had beautiful patience. These things are not things that happen in five minutes. And some people, they happen faster than others. Some people, they will have immediate success, to be honest. And some people, it would be something that will be, um, you know, over over days or over weeks or over months or whatever. And this is depending on the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that goes into the second part of the bonus, which is they not only have patience, but they have trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they're waiting because they know they're, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best keeper of promises. So I just want to share with you some of the beautiful news and kind of like, I don't know, all the beautiful, the collection of all the good traits that I noticed about all of you out there that I really wanted to highlight and appreciate. And I'm just going to um, quickly recap right now what those five were. If for any case, you might have been busy, kids might have been throwing stuff in the car, you didn't quite catch everything I said. The first one um, is one of the biggest factors of success in terms of relationships that I found with people is that they they were when they educated themselves, their families, the parents educated, educated themselves in the proper Islamic way. They didn't base themselves on culture or just hope things worked out. They educated themselves and they made a point to teach their own children. Number two, they put in the work. They knew they were going to have to do some legwork to get some uh, somewhere with themselves. And they they understood that and they they did it. They did the, the effort. And the third one is they were not waiting around for people to help them they started to initiate change themselves. For example, with the community, if they didn't feel support from their family or community, they went and found a place where they could find support or they, you know, they made uh, an, an effort to address the issue on their own. They didn't wait around for someone to solve it for them. And the fourth one was they didn't tell themselves, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. They didn't give themselves a laundry list of excuses and reasons and talk themselves out of the need for their change because otherwise they know they're just going to stay right where they are as miserable as they are, as fearful as they are, anxious as they are, whatever it is. They didn't do that at all. They weren't worried about time. They knew they had to make it to make the change. They weren't worried about money. They knew they had to do it. 
all, but I think Malcolm X says by any means necessary, that's kind of how I live my life by any means necessary. And my philosophy with the, with the growth mindset is I told you guys this before. It's not that it can't be done. It's that I haven't figured out how it can be done yet. I'm going to figure that out. Inshallah, Allah is going to help me to find a way. And so that's that's the approach I take. And that's the approach that so many successful people have taken. And the last one is they weren't afraid to take risk. They weren't afraid to do things that made them feel uncomfortable or they weren't sure about because they were they knew that that that's where the change was going to come when they when they climbed out of their own comfort zone. Because that's the thing about your comfort zone. It's comfy. It makes you stay where you are, all cozy up in it, all cozy up in your sorrow, your depression, you know, your state of fear. But if you want to get out of it, you got to do things that are are a risk, things that don't make you feel comfortable, things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know you need to do. And and the bonus I gave was also that those people had patience and the trust for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I hope that was super beneficial. It was so beneficial for me to go through this with you guys, talk to you guys, experience this with you. And I just want to say that there's just some of the most beautiful people out there. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of you to make the best of your relationships and the best of your life circumstances. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.